Thematically, if you go from uh, Advent through the Christmas season, you can see, I mean, hopefully you can see a certain uh, connection or connectedness uh, between those seasons and, and the gospel. So you begin with John the Baptist saying, the Messiah's coming, I'm preparing the way for him, this is what he's gonna be like, etc." And then you move into Christmas and you actually have, of course, God becoming man, Jesus Christ born. So he's made present, he's made manifest in the Christmas season. He's anticipated in the Advent season, both the end of time as well as his first coming. So we're waiting for him. And then he's made present, he's realized in in the Christmas season. So the feasts of the Christmas season, um, well, Christmas, Epiphany today, and then baptism of the Lord, which is actually going to be tomorrow, um, all are about sort of who is this Jesus? You know, what is his significance? They're all manifestations. So epiphany, you know, we think of the the English rendering of epiphany as, oh, I, I had an epiphany, right? I had an idea or a realization or clarification, something like that. Um, at its kind of Latin root, um, epiphania, it means manifestation. So it's a little bit deeper than just sort of, you know, I had an enlightenment. It's actually to make manifest, to make present, right? So obviously Jesus is made manifest in the manger when he's born of, of Mary. And what we have with the epiphany then is this idea of light, light in the darkness. And all of the uh, the stories about the epiphany, right? The three wise men from a foreign country following a star. It's about light. It's about light coming, not just, uh, and certainly first for the Jews, for his own people, but the three wise men from a foreign country represent that Jesus is meant for everyone. He's manifest to the entire world. He is light in the darkness for all to see. And it, it's, you know, of course, uh, people have talked about what that would have been like. How is that possible that there could have been a star? There could have been, well, you know, um, certainly it's it's very well possible. I suppose the whole thing could be made up, but I guess we'd say that about everything. Um, you know, I mean, what isn't made up these days? Everything's made up. I mean, you can't believe anything, can you? Did we really land on the moon? I don't know. That was a joke, seeing if you're waking up. <laughs> I do believe we landed on the moon, just to be clear. I once met a man who said, the earth is flat, Father. And I said, is it? He said, yeah, it's flat. I said, okay, have a good day. (laughs) Anyway, um, not to be too rough on those of you who are part of the Flat Earthers Club, but back to... (laughs) You know, back to this this story, it, it does seem like the kind of thing that would be remembered. And this is an important way, I think, to look at the scriptures. Like, well, would that be made up or would people remember that? And why would they remember that? I mean, it's a pretty significant event that you have these uh, three, you know, we don't, kings, magi, scientists, astronomers, you know, uh, et cetera, astrologers, we, we don't really know. But the significance of them coming, following a star that had been predicted, and there was something in the heavens that they clearly saw was different, and they must have heard of the stories um, connecting it to Judaism as well. They were learned men, and so they followed.
So Jesus then is made manifest as a light to the nations, all of the nations. And so I've been considering that idea of light and darkness, right? And when something is, you know, pitch black, the lights go out suddenly and your eyes have not adjusted. You know, you're, now it's a little bit easier. We all have a phone, et cetera. But back in the olden days, you know, where you had to find a candle or a flashlight or you'd be fumbling or if you lost your, you know, you misplaced your phone, that experience of needing light and then finding light is so comforting. When I was young, you know, my sister would lock me in the basement all the time because she was mean. And then turn out the lights. It's a terrible thing to do to your younger brother. I was like two years old. No, I wasn't. And it wasn't that sad, and it's probably not even true. But anyway, (laughs) we'll use it, and she's here today, so that's fantastic. But, you know, I did, have, I did have the experience back in Wisconsin, you know, your basements and everything, and it gets dark in basements. And, you know, the light gets turned off or somebody forgets, you know, whatever. And for some reason, they, they often only put the light switches at the top of the stairs, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. But, you know, fumbling for the light switch and then getting the light switch, especially when you're young, you know, um, the basement is a great place to be when the lights are on, but when they're off, it can be kind of scary. But when the light is restored, there there is this calming effect, security, right? Well, over the last week, a couple weeks, of course, I've I've been doing as little as possible, which for me is vacation. And uh, consequently, I've consumed more news than probably is good for me. And, you know, you know how I feel about that. I've I've been pretty clear about that and open about that because it's so negative. There's so much darkness. Like, it doesn't matter what channel you turn on. I mean, if, if, you're, if you're a lefty and you like those channels, it's dark. If you're right, right wing or, or more conservative and you like those channels, it's dark. If you're an independent, it's dark. It's all dark. There's very, very little light. And, you know, you go online and it doesn't matter what, uh, what social media you follow. It doesn't matter, you know, very quickly... Uh, no matter what somebody posts, it could be like the most positive thing and boom, darkness comes, right? People criticize, they cut things down, they find fault, they're critical. And it seems like our culture has been really overcome or obscured with an incredible amount of, of just unnecessary criticism, negativity, darkness, and there is something about our, I don't know if it's our lower nature or part of us that's, that's worse that is uh, attracted to this negativity. It keeps us coming back. That's why we're fed it in all of the media, because we keep going back to it. But we also, I think, can recognize that there's a, a deleterious effect, right? It's not good for us. It's not good for you know, as you soak in too much of the negativity, it affects you. It affects us. You just have to get away from it because it can become overwhelming. And then that affects how we feel about everything. And so a good consideration for us, I think, today is where is the light? Where can I find light? You know, you can go out, uh, I don't know, you go to a store and 
you're just checking out and there's a cashier that for some reason is light. It, I, I realize it sounds so simple, but you know what I mean? Like you normally just kind of go through the, blah, 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 and, you know, you check out and whatever. No one's really happy about anything. But then you, you meet somebody who's filled with light and it can actually change your day. It can actually make a difference. Like, wow, I had a human interaction with somebody who's just positive, who's filled with light. It made a difference in my life, even for, for a time. And I've certainly had that experience in very simple ways or talking to, to a friend or calling someone up you, you haven't talked to for a while, and it can fill you with light. They can fill you with light. And, you know, on one hand, it's not really somebody else's responsibility to do that, but it can happen and it does have an effect. And so when we look at all of the darkness that exists, again, we can become overcome with that or we can choose to be light for others. And that's, that's what I'd like you to consider for this week. How can I be a light for others? So if you're little, you're going to be going back to school. Well, even if you're big, you're going back to school. Um, just, just imagine how dark even school can be. You know, some kids are, are ridiculed or they're treated badly or, you know, they don't maybe fit in or there might be new kids. How can you be light to them? How can you choose to be a leader? How can you choose to be more mature and not just jump on all of the darkness, right, and the oppressiveness, but instead say, no, I'm going to be the bigger person and I'm going to choose to bring light into this situation for this person who maybe is lonely, who maybe feels excluded or rejected. And you know, even you little ones know what a difference that can make. When one of your friends has seen you, you know, going through a tough time and they reach out to you and try to help you, what a difference that makes. Just one person saying something, are you okay? Do you want to talk? You're new here. Now think about how that might extend, of course, as adults and older, older people, you know. Um, again, we can get caught up in just complaining about life and how bad everything is. We can choose that, or we can choose to see where the light is. Because although there is darkness, there is a lot of light. But it can become obscured by our own desire not to see it, or our sort of malignant desire to just dwell in the darkness. But if we choose to be light to others, I mean, how much that might change somebody's complete, I mean, their day, which is a big deal. It might set them on a trajectory that might even last longer than that. The good that we can do by saying a kind word to somebody, by giving somebody support, by just being present to them in a positive way should not be uh, minimized. I was thinking about it then with your family. I mean, dads, have you taken the time to tell your wife, you know, you're a good mom. You're a really good mom. And vice versa. You're a good dad. I mean, probably not every day, right? But some days, a lot of days, some days we have bad days. It happens. But to lift each other up, kids, 
I mean, I, those of you who are teenagers, I, I realize you believe that your parents exist to ruin your life. <laughs> we all thought that. But they don't. That's not why they exist. That's not what they want to do. But even you little ones and you, you bigger ones, you older ones, telling your parents from time to time, you're a good mom. You're a good mom. Thank you. You're a good dad. Thank you for all that you do. I guarantee the more that we do this, the more we bring light into our families, into our schools, into our workplace, into our parish, it's good to share goodness and to talk about goodness. And boy, does our world need it. So let's be agents of change, focusing on the light, reflecting the light that comes to us from Christ, reflecting that to all those in our lives as well. Please stand.